Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily Livestream. My name is Dakota Christensen, and today I am joined by the one and only Alexa Lavoie. Alexa, how's it going? Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing, doing pretty well. It's Friday. The world isn't, you know, actually burning, so I'm doing all right, you know. Could be, could be. Yeah, followers. and the weather is pretty good. Yeah, I don't but, know for you, but the weather is good. Oh yeah, <laughs> weather's been great. Yesterday it was beautiful, almost twenty degrees out. So that I don't even know what that is Fahrenheit for anyone who doesn't do Celsius. Twenty degrees out though, sunny. Went for a nice long run yesterday. Sat outside, enjoyed the sun. It was great. Okay, me, I was really happy to see two degrees this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I think right now it's something like 10 or 12 degrees here in Toronto. So it's still pretty nice for, uh, I, yeah. guess, I guess we're getting towards late March. Spring is on its way. I'm excited about that. Weather is nice, <laughs> relatively. No matter what's going on in the world, summer and spring are on their way. So. Yeah, we can feel it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, for those of you who are watching in on this and are new to what we're doing here. Essentially, we run through the news of the day, talk about what's going on, give our reactions and commentary, and uh, we kind of fill you in, have a good conversation, and you can interact with us by sending us hyper chats, super chats, uh, rumble rants, whatever they call it on whatever platform you're watching. We are currently on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Super U, and Getter, I believe, are all the platforms we're on. So feel free to uh, hit us up with a chat if you'd like to... Uh, have us read off uh, on our screen there for you, whatever you have to say. And uh, essentially, Alexa, what do you say we dive right in, start talking about what's going on in this crazy world of ours? Oh, my God. <laughs> do you want to start with Quebec? Uh, I, I the, think the province. I, yeah, because again, we definitely have a lot to talk about from your end. I'm very interested to hear everything you have to say about Quebec. I think the first thing we're going to talk about on the dog up here is uh, Leah Thomas, the trans yes. swimmer winning. This has been all over the Internet right now. The fact that Leah Thomas has won the NCAA championship, I believe. Yeah, first trans woman to win yeah. the NCAA title which is uh, wild stuff. There's so much to dive into here. I mean, we ourselves have picked through this quite a bit at Rebel News. Um, we have this past year, we released the book Unsporting, uh, talking about trans uh, women or, you know, biological men competing in women's sports and the all of the issues mm -hmm. relating to that. But I mean, what are your thoughts, Alexa, as a woman on this, if you're competing in sports, I know you're a bit of an athlete yourself in a few areas. Oh. Um, how would you feel if you were competing on a swimming team here and you have this biological male come in, formerly William Leah Thomas, as the swimmer now identifies as Leah? How would you feel being beat out by this biological male and, you know, losing all hope of uh, competing as you would? I mean, I, I feel really badly myself for all of these female athletes who some of them lost their chance. Their, you know, the top spot was taken by someone who has a very clear biological advantage, I would say. I don't want to say that women are less powerful, but it's a, it's mm -hmm. a fact like – we, our bodies made that uh, we have less muscle and we all, for some are, some of the women are incredible. They are really strong and everything. So I don't want to put everybody in the same package, but for most of the women, uh, our, our body is not as strong and mm. as powerful as a man body. So uh, of course we need to work way more to reach that level of um, performance. So maybe I would say it's kind of unfair, but in the same time, I'm happy for that person because he mm -hmm. probably work a lot and probably suffer from critic and everything. So it, it's good for this person because it's actually reaching what he wanted in, in life. Mm -hmm. So I cannot be mad at, at that person, but in the same time, I, I just find that a little bit unfair for the other woman who works so hard and mm -hmm. think that they were all compete, like do a competition for uh, all the women together. And a um, woman who was a man arrived, and of course, you have like an advanced stage on these women. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit like skeptical about all of this. Uh, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, like when you look at some of the some of the other details there, like the fact that Leah Thomas previously, while still William Thomas, competing in men's swimming for three years, was I think like. 400th in the in the league there. So like you go from being 400th in the men's division, then you transition, you identify as a woman, and then you go and compete with in the women's league and you immediately are taking, you know, championship titles. It it seems like such an issue there. And the person who came second, she was like a silver medalist in the Olympics and you know like I as far as I see it, she is the real champion there, whoever came second there cuz beating out everyone else by a margin of more than mm-hmm. 5 seconds and you know, after placing 400th in well, compete with the men's, like, you know, not even to dive into any like real trans issues in that. But I just, I, I think it's super unfair to all of the women to have, you know, because we carve out this space, right? And we say, this is for women to compete. This is, yeah. you know, the female space where they have to actually compete amongst themselves. And as soon as you start letting in biological men in their competing, I mean, you know, regardless of any other, you know, trans issues there, it's, it's just, you know, you cannot deny biological facts there. And it just seems so mm-hmm. unfair to these women. And you see all these people who otherwise would be hardcore feminists, right? Saying, you know, we need to stand yeah. up for women's rights who are then saying, oh, well, we need to stand up for trans rights here and let this person compete. But then it's kind of destroying this space for women. So I, the way I see it, if we let this continue, women's sports is not going to exist in the way that will that it you know has leading up to now. If we continue to let that happen, because then all of the, the women's champions will be trans women. And, you know, that's a very dicey issue, I'd say. Oh, my God. It, it, <laughs> it's really tall as well. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Picture really does say a thousand like, okay. words. <laughs> but, <sighs> you know, like, it's it's not for nothing that on some sport, like, for they are doing a range of weight, a range of by mm-hmm. criteria for not giving advantage to one or another one. So they mm-hmm. try to put, like, the same level of of performance together that is fair play. But now it's just like you have like a a champion from a league joining another champion league, but for lower level because yeah. it's a woman level. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, serious, serious issues there. So I mean, that's uh, that's what's been you know kind of front page of the internet this morning is just kind of how crazy this is going on here. That because uh, I mean Leah Thomas has been in the news for a little while now, but finally reaching the top spot in the double NCA, uh, mm-hmm. NCAA, pardon me. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of crazy. But hey, that's the crazy what? world we're living in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So I mean, moving forward now. I know you had so much to talk about when it comes to Quebec and all of the stuff yeah. going on there. There are a few headlines you were sending me this morning. So, yeah. I mean, tell me, like, what is what is going on here? What's what you know? What should people being be paying attention to right now as far as things going on with Quebec? Because I know the rest of Canada, there's kind of that language barrier. It's almost like this blank curtain over Quebec, and it's a lot more difficult for those of us mm-hmm. who aren't in English speaking Canada to actually pay attention to everything because not everything makes it through sort of that language wall and actually gets published in English newspapers. So what are the big issues of the day right now in Quebec? Fill us in. We have a lot. <laughs> yeah. Where to begin? How we start? <laughs> Where to begin? Um, yeah, pick a headline. Of course, they removed the vaccine passports uh, recently on the 12th of March, and they are talking about removing maybe the mask as well in April. But now they talk about lifting the emergency stay, but with a bill, Mm. of course. And this bill is horrible. All the opposition say that is actually uh, uh, the worst scam um, that the the Premier tried to do. Mm. It's actually a bill who, um, who actually wants to keep the power. He wants to keep the power of the emergency, but he, and when the health minister, sorry, I'm just trying to have it in front mm-hmm. of me so I can actually talk to you better about it. Yeah. Um, but when the health minister say, oh, we, um, so the measure that we will remove, we cannot come back to it. Do, do that make mm-hmm. sense to you? 
like this. He say, oh, but if we remove the mask mm -hmm. during that law, we cannot go back and put it back. Yeah. Yeah, like actually removing but, the legislation, the emergency powers, right? Yeah, but he say that the, this law will keep the, the, the power until December. Mm-hmm. 31 of December, but the measure, the law is really well, not well right. So what he's saying, like, it's like all the measure that is there, when the law will pass, they will be effective until the 31 of December. Hmm. But if they remove one of the decree as the mask, they cannot put it back after they remove it. Hmm. Okay, interesting. But they keep the, the fact that if you don't follow the rule, mm. they can fine you thousand mm. to $6,000. And wow. you need to, <laughs> you need to uh, permit all the minister and the government to have access to all information if they ask for you, all your information. It can be in anything like bank, um, anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you don't agree, you can be charged for a thousand to six thousand dollars fine too. And you know that in Quebec, they want to install, but actually the bill has passed, the bill six, mm -hmm. that now is the law of Eric Kerr. For the cyber, um, cyber security and numeric, mm -hmm. so they want to like now begin like that. Everybody have a numerical uh, identity, so you can pay, uh, and you will have your wallet just with your face. You don't need like any paper on you anymore. So that makes me a little bit scared when mm. you know that you need to give your information or you will be fine. Yeah. So, okay. So just so I have this clear, in order to put an end to the current state of emergency and an end to all the current restrictions, Quebec is introducing a new bill that is saying that as they're ending this, they're giving the government additional powers. And if you don't comply with government requests to breach certain privacy issues, like if you don't give them your information or sign up for certain things, then you yourself can be fined further. And so essentially they're giving themselves additional powers in a separate area as sort of a trade-off as they get rid of the current pandemic restrictions and the state of emergency. Do I have that right? Yeah. And as well, mm. they give them the right to give, uh, again, untendered contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a big issue because now they just find out mm -hmm. that um, they just give during the pandemic 13 billion of dollars of untendered contract in Quebec. Yeah, and that was, so that's all throughout the pandemic, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's great. So 17, let's see the headline here, $17.4 billion in contracts without calls for tenders. So essentially giving it, handing out government contracts to whoever they want without the normal bidding process of people having to compete for these contracts. They're just unilaterally handing out billions of dollars of the contracts to whatever vendors they want. That's yeah. and so crazy. So that's great. And <laughs> what, before, before like the CAC, that CAC is Coalition Avenir Québec. Mm -hmm. It's the Lego government. Yeah. Before it get elected, it was about 1.4 billion. That the maximum that they saw before. Mm -hmm. That's nothing like to compare now. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. So to sum up that right now, so as far as things are going in Quebec, you have sort of teasing the end of things, but at the same time, bringing in new legislation to give the government additional powers. There's still threat of incredible fines under extraordinary emergency-like powers. And at the same time, they're trying to make permanent this ability to just hand out untendered, you know, like uh, handing out government contracts without competing for them. So just unilaterally handing out government contracts to whomever they would like, and also trying to really further implement a digital ID to track people. Uh, I saw something about students there that was in there. Yeah. Was that something else? Like trying to like track students as they go yeah. on the bus and that sort of thing. Like, you know, like tell me more about that digital ID thing. Cause I saw you yeah. talking about that earlier. So a lot of people are really 
I agree because now mm -hmm. a new uh, pilot project, it's giving QR code to uh, children yeah. that they will have on them. And um, when they will enter in the bus, they have like camera and scan and mm -hmm. they will scan the QR code of the children. And so like now the parent will be allowed, like they can be tracking their children on their phone and mm -hmm. see where they are going. But that is a pilot project for what? Hmm. They say that it's for the safety of the children. I don't think that the safety of the children is trapped mm -hmm. inside of the bus. It's when they wait for the bus outside or they are going outside of the bus that maybe it can have a danger. But when you are inside and you're sitting in the bus, where is the danger of the children there? Mm -hmm. And so, so the government is essentially telling everyone, do not get rid like the QR code is not ending, even though we're not enforcing yeah. a vaccine passport, still keep that on your phone because we're still going to use that for you to check in in places and make sure the government can track you. I mean, like, it sounds, you know, it's like, well, if the government wanted to track us, they can track us anyway through our phones. But I mean, the use of the QR yeah. code, like going no matter what, and they're going to continue using it for other purposes, specifically for government check-ins and tracking people and having it all in one system. So they, they actually just specified to don't uh, delete the QR code. Mm -hmm. And they are talking about the fact that maybe in the fall, we'll probably have a sixth wave and uh, mm -hmm. we need to be able to handle it. And I'm just asking, like, and they were saying like, oh, if we want the vaccine passport back, we will need to uh, activate again the emergency uh, state power. But I'm actually pretty sure everything is there. Everything is mm -hmm. in place. Like, you know, all the app is there. The QR code is there. I don't know why they don't want people to just erase it and destroy all the mm -hmm. information related to the QR code. Yeah, I see. So they're poisoning. They're completely, they're keeping everything in place, essentially saying, oh, well, you never know. Six wave could come. They're ready to crack back down. I mean, yeah, whether it's, you know, COVID or not. So basically everyone is celebrating right now. They're either distracted by a war going on in Russia and Ukraine or they're and simultaneously celebrating the fact that restrictions are all coming to an end when it looks like we're going to be hit again once summer winds down, right? Yeah. And they, they are stuff. talking about the fourth booster now. Yeah, I saw that. So booster number four, which I mean, I imagine we're still on YouTube. And so YouTube yeah. doesn't like anything talk. uh, talking about <laughs> vaccines. I was about to say something about that. I saw a headline, a study we were just talking about earlier. Um, I guess we'll have to wait until we're off of YouTube to talk about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of crazy as far as Quebec's done. I mean, that's, you know, Quebec has always been a little extreme compared to all of Canada, but that kind of rings true to, you know, just a little more explicitly stated. But what is going on in a lot of provinces now still too, I imagine, is that like all of the infrastructure is still there. All of the emergency mm -hmm. legislation is still in place. They're starting to roll back restrictions. They're announcing ends to the vaccine passport, announcing ends to mandatory masking. But all of these provincial governments still have their emergency power still in place. The current government yeah. of each province can still issue emergency orders. You know, they still have those powers mm -hmm. and we're still completely at know, mercy without any sort of debate in the parliament. Do you know what they smell? No. Election. Mm, of course. Yes. Yes, indeed. I mean, yeah, because in Ontario, we have our election June second or 20 something you know there's a, there's a two in there but sometime in june we have our election here in ontario which absolutely i was saying yep doug ford's yeah. ready to open up for election is there is there an election going on in quebec too coming up or yeah it, it would be uh i think us is a little bit later i think it's uh october okay yeah yeah it's election season no doubt about that mm -hmm. i mean in the states too in november they have the midterms going on so that'll be interesting to see um but yep. you know what it'll be uh and the uh... The, the leader of the Conservative Party, too, it will be soon. Mm, true. Yeah, for federally, for the uh, the conservative yeah. leadership, which we've been all over covering that. Yeah, that's in September. So lots of potential change in the air. And it's interesting to see how everything is kind of switching up right now, leading up to all these elections. So exactly. that'll, be, that'll be fun to see. Uh, so, you know, what else is on our list you were talking about? So we talked about QR code, pilot project, all those contracts, all the fun stuff in Quebec. Uh, then there's the Canadian <laughs> government border. So I, I'm sure many yeah. would have seen this. This was news from the other day. But the fact that the government, <clears throat> the federal government has lifted the requirements for 
mandatory testing and quarantine for those who are vaccinated for international travel. So if you're unvaccinated, you still can't get on a train or a plane or you know travel even domestically within Canada. But if you are vaccinated and you're looking to travel outside of the country, you no longer have to do the testing or the quarantine, which I suppose is good news there. I mean, it's a step in the right direction. It would be wonderful if we just, you know, followed suit with other countries and put an end to all of this. But I guess we're slowly pulling it back federally. I mean, what do you think, Alexa? I just, again, it's ostracization. It's it's discrimination. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we are one of the really rare countries that, um, the unvaxxed cannot leave the, their own country. Yeah. And uh, when we look at uh, British Airway, that they are lifting the uh, mass mandate. And when I look like at Air Canada, that people would be fired on the 2nd of May because mm-hmm. they didn't receive their second shot. But what's going on in Canada? Like we cannot yeah. leave, the, uh, the, the people cannot leave their country. And when they come back, they need to quarantine two weeks. But they cannot even leave. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's because we were looking at, I believe it was the UK. uh, I think it was last week. They announced they're they're ending all travel restrictions whatsoever. People can come into the country freely. They can leave. They're dropping all their their main restrictions across the UK. Um, And that was kind of big news there. It's like, well, that's great. If you wanted to, you could go travel there, not have to quarantine, travel back. But wait, if you are Canadian, you still... And you're, if you're an unvaccinated Canadian, you can't travel at all, go on any plane. You can't leave the country or come back without having to quarantine for two weeks. So even if you were to drive into the United States and then drive back, you still have to do a two-week quarantine. I mean, just across yeah. the border. It's kind of insane, the fact that we're still here, even when we're now dropping domestically. Finally, after two years, we're dropping the all the mask mandates. We're now dropping the vaccine passports in all the provinces they've all announced on Monday in Ontario, we're dropping our mask mandate. We've already dropped our vaccine passport, but still federally, all these things are clinging on to it as much as they can. It's it's just crazy mm-hmm. the fact that they refuse to let go. And and it's really interesting because you know uh, in March 2020, I was in Africa and uh, I was mm-hmm. with people from UK with me. Yeah. And UK was was banned. It was a country that was banned. You were not allowed to take a flight anywhere because mm-hmm. your country were, were banned, but Canadian was free. Mm, yeah. And and when we look like now, UK is like, oh, we lift everything, but Canada is still like in a jail for some people. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like if you if you've not taken the shots that the government has told you to take, you can't travel at all still, which is pretty incredible. Again, I'm not sure if we're still on YouTube. There's stuff I would say about the vaccines, but uh, (laughs) I will abstain. I will abstain from making comments about the vaccines at the moment because I think we are still going on YouTube. And we've kept it pretty YouTube safe thus far. But uh, I mean, actually, on the topic of censorship there, uh, because we've seen, I think it was last last week they first announced it, maybe it was earlier this week. I've got no concept of time when it comes to these headlines. It all blurs together. But sometime in recent history... (laughs) The Canadian government announced that they are banning uh, all like streaming of on Canadian airwaves, you know, of yeah. RT, Russia's uh, state broadcaster, any Russian news sites, uh, citing concerns about Russian propaganda going on with the war in Russia and Ukraine. Um, and that was very concerning, I thought, just in terms of censorship. It's like, sure, yes, it's the Russian state broadcaster and it's propaganda. I would say the same thing about our own state broadcaster, the CBC. It's just propaganda for our government. But now we are seeing advocacy groups calling for all Russian websites of any kind. Anything coming from Russia should just be banned. It shouldn't be allowed in Canada. And so... That I thought was a little concerning, seeing that headline there. And the government hasn't announced anything on that front, but it seems like, you know, why not? Why wouldn't the Trudeau government go ahead and say, yeah, because hating Russia is very much in vogue right now. It's a very popular thing to be saying, you know what, down with anything Russian. We've been boycotting anything involving Russia, if it's Russian liquor, if it's Russian TV, if it's, you know, even Russian people have been getting a lot of hate thrown on them very unfairly because it's the Russian government and Vladimir Putin who's been doing the invading and not anything to do with the Russian people themselves, especially if you're a Russian Canadian. But 
I mean, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this, Alexa, in terms of, because the censorship, it seems like it's so okay right now for us to say, you know what, we're going to ban all the Russian TV and all the Russian uh, <laughs> websites. But then that just opens the door, paves the way for more clearly to say, all right, we're going to be banning this next and this. And you know what, you're not allowed to see that because that's misinformation and disinformation, as we've heard all about from our friend Justin Trudeau, haven't we? Why have always like someone that we need to bully? Yeah. Now it's Russian. Before it was on Vax. Uh, mm -hmm. It's always someone that we we take apart, and you need to hate them. <clears throat> yeah. Like the media tell you who you need to hate, who you need to like, who you need to follow, what you need to believe. Stop it. Let people decide by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're 100% right there. It's it's uh, George Orwell's Two Minutes of Hate, where you know in the novel 1984, you go there, you get the masses together, and then you have the the subject of the day, the victim, the person you're meant to hate. And you know, for two minutes of the day, the state tells you you have to hate this person and to you know scream, let it all out, insult them, you know, uh, derate them, go all in against this one person for two minutes, let out your hate, and then that way you're no longer angry at the state who's causing all of your problems. You have the scapegoat. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's so true. It's first before it was the unvaccinated and I mean, it's still very much to a degree, the unvaccinated, but now the real evil boogeyman is Russia and, you know, hate on Russia, hate the Russians, boycott Russia, stand with Ukraine, all of that. It's, mm -hmm. it's being weaponized to just direct people. And, and it's amazing to see the, the switch flip, right. In terms of literally one day, it's all about the pandemic. It's all about the vaccine. And then suddenly, oh, the war is going on, Russia, Ukraine. Suddenly everyone forgets about all that. We're all focused so intently on, all right, guys, the, the, the big battle we have to fight is to stand up and fight against Russia and hate everything to do with Russia and Russia. And then there's a significant amount of hate coming from this, like actual Russian people who are suffering from this, Russian-owned businesses who are being boycotted by people. And they have nothing to do with this invasion just because they are Russian people mm -hmm. or they're from Russia. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. just worried because there's that and then there's just the fact that there's this censorship itself going on and Trudeau seems to be waging this war against, you know, disinformation and misinformation. And that's, you know, something we need to be focusing on because it's so dangerous for our democracy. And that just seems like an excuse for him to censor his political enemies now. And I feel like that's a battle we're going to be fighting here, Rebel News, because we know that Trudeau very much does not like us very specifically. He's called us out. You yourself, Alexa, had your chance to ask him that question of the leadership yeah. debate, and he gave a piece of his mind to all of us as to what he thinks of us at Rebel News. So I don't know. It's it's worrisome stuff because the government has a lot of power to control information right now, and it seems like it's grabbing more and more of that power to censor us further and to control what people are seeing. And I mean, that way you're able to control what people think. But the fun fact is, like, now it, they are banning, like, every information that's coming <clears throat> from Russia. Mm -hmm. So, like that, you don't have any narrative that's coming from Russia. Yeah. That story, that side of the story. Mm -hmm. But in, <laughs> in the same time, like, all you want to control one narrative is, like, when you have nothing that trapped you on the side. Mm -hmm. So, it's the perfect game for them. The perfect yeah. game. Yeah, and, like, what you're just saying there, it's interesting uh, to think that when you're saying you're banning everything coming from Russia because of you know Russian propaganda and disinformation, when we ourselves have seen more than our fair share of Ukrainian propaganda, I mean, whether or not you believe that uh, Ukraine or Russia are the ones in the right, I mean, it seems pretty clear to me, Ukraine got invaded. Ukraine is the one that's in the right here. Putin is in the wrong, he's doing the invading. But still, Ukraine has put, there's so much wartime propaganda coming up, stuff like the ghost of Kiev and uh, that one island that turned out to be a hoax, uh, the soldiers on the island getting invaded and, you know, uh, different uh, numbers coming out about casualties that have been completely wrong and all these sort of war stories or clips from video games or from movie scenes swirling around. And that's all been pro-Ukraine propaganda to sort of bolster the narrative that Ukraine is doing great in this war and they're fighting back against Russia. But somehow all of that, even after it's debunked a week later, but yeah, all of that you saw was a complete lie. But because it's coming from the Ukrainian side, that's okay. That sort of misinformation and propaganda is no problem whatsoever. And we let that through because it helps Ukraine and, you know, free speech and all of that. But when it comes to the Russian side, we have to ban everything because it's, it's such an atrocity to allow any sort of misinformation or propaganda come through that we need to just ban everything there. And it just, you know, I think it shows double standard. And I think it really speaks to the fact that they're willing to censor anything 
that is in their political interest to do so. And they're more than happy to let through anything that helps support them politically, even if it is that same level of disinformation or misinformation, the terms Trudeau is so fond of using when censoring anything he doesn't like. It just, yeah, it, it seems very hypocritical to me. And it's very concerning, I think. It's, uh, I think that's, that's sort of our next huge battle is going to be the fight for free speech in times of our digital age and what's being censored and what isn't. I mean, it's already a battle, but I think it's going to get worse. But what, me, what is actually make me scare a little bit mm -hmm. is like everybody who ha had like one vision of the pandemic, now they are all in the same vision of the world without really asking themselves, do I have the good information? Do I'm taking right? Do I'm well informed? Mm -hmm. Uh, no, I just follow. And it's getting really worse in Quebec when you think about the fact, okay, fine, they removed the uh, Russian vodka, Russian liqueur, yeah. but it's already by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's pure virtue signaling. They put in the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like it serves no purpose to say, okay, we've already purchased this vodka. Let's put, dump it down the drain. It's a show of support. Like, I guess, but it's, yeah, it's just more, more anti-Russia virtue signaling. But you know, you, then, just give it to me. <laughs> yeah, you'll take it. <laughs> well, but that that makes me think because I was I was talking about this with someone the other day, the fact that you know, in terms of where you're getting your information from, and you know whether or not you can really judge for yourself. When you think about it, in our current day of information, we're able to see all this stuff coming from both sides. If you're kind of tuned into the internet, if you're on Twitter, you can see stuff coming from Ukraine, stuff coming from Russia, people debunking a lot of false hoaxes and narratives and government propaganda. But if this was, say, say you were back in the original Cold War of US versus Russia, there was no digital mm -hmm. age, there was no internet as we know it. Um, and so you weren't able to get anything other than what your government really provided to you. You had your, your sort yeah. of mass media and what the government message was. And so the reality then for people was whatever the government told them it was. And they didn't have sort of that ability to go and research for themselves to the degree that we do now. There's a lot more to sift through. There is a lot more fake news and misinformation and propaganda out there. But it's just interesting to think that right now we have the ability to see all this stuff coming through and be able to say, oh, no, that's just more government propaganda coming from Russia or coming from Ukraine. You know, it's wartime propaganda or this is what the government is trying to support in this narrative. But for anyone who's living decades ago, they didn't have that. Whatever was, you know, printed in the mass media, whatever was the messaging of the day was that was just accepted as objective fact. And I don't know, it just got me thinking. It's, it's interesting to think of where we are. We are able to be a lot more skeptical now and to be able to kind of, you know, look at all sides and hear from so many different areas right mm -hmm. now because we have access to so much information, whether it's true or not. And especially like how many words happened in the past? Mm -hmm. I don't remember one time that they say we will ban this liquor from this country or we will like uh, do this or remove the name of this person because, or, you know, in the past, I didn't see any of that. That it just, it's just too much. When mm. it's too much, you have something that you want to hide. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems to me like it's fair that in a lot of the major wars, a lot of this stuff was done sort of to extreme ways. What it reminds me of, of seeing all the anti-Russian hate, uh, especially, oh, my earpiece falling out here, especially directed to like uh, people who are Russians living in Canada or Russian-owned businesses. Uh, it kind of reminded me of World War II in terms of like the Japanese internment camps of there was all this skepticism yeah. and hatred towards Japanese Canadians and Japanese Americans who were just of Japanese descent living in North America who were put in internment camps because they were concerned about them being spies or concerned about the Japanese government. When, you know, when I, I look at people today who have been, you know, a lot of the stuff we're doing to Russians, like we're banning Russian cats from competing in, in cat competitions and we're banning Russian athletes and we're boycotting Russian owned businesses like of say Russian Canadians or Russian Americans who are taking heat from this. I think there was a, a Russian piano player was that, did you see that? Who was uh, mm -hmm. being boycotted by people and all this stuff. And there is actual hate being directed towards people of Russian heritage who are, you know, living in North America. That kind of makes me think, hmm, the guy's like, did we not realize that this thing back in World War II we were doing of directing hate towards Japanese North Americans because of what the government of Japan was doing? Like, you do realize 
they're not one and the same and it's that was bad remember that that wasn't good we shouldn't be you know yeah. judging and hating people because of what the government of their native land was doing it just yeah but now the biggest like problem is like the nuclear yeah like it's it's an mm -hmm. biological weapon mm -hmm. they, they know that they have biolo biological like weapon they have a laboratory and they have weapon for it and they know that they have nuclear as well weapon. So what are we doing there? <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's another thing because I see people saying that if this is sort of leading up, if they're comparing Putin's Russia right now to Germany during World War II and saying, guys, we can't appease. Like, you, you know, I remember when Germany took Austria, you know, and that was the, you know, the first big thing. You, you can't be appeasing. Um, you know, we have to step in now. We have to fight back. We have to stop Putin before he keeps going. You do realize, though, guys, back then there wasn't the threat of nuclear war. This is another factor we kind of have to consider. Everyone calling for the no-fly zone over Ukraine. And, you know, of course, like I think very rightly so, we've been seeing a lot of our leaders saying, mm, I'm not sure we want to get pulled into a World War III right now. But there is also the other mm -hmm. factor of we are at the moment nuclear superpowers here who are kind of preparing to knock heads. And that is a very important factor I think people are forgetting is that to declare war on Russia right now is to have one superpower, nuclear superpower, be declaring war on another nuclear superpower. And that's uh, that's when things get dicey. And of course, everyone's calling for de-escalation and stepping back. And I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this, but there is some worrying stuff there. And like you were saying about the biological labs in the Ukraine, that's a whole mm -hmm. other issue of in Ukraine, we have these United States owned or funded or at least affiliated biological weapons labs that they were denying and then saying that, okay, yes, they're ours, but this, and now they're mm -hmm. just saying, okay, yeah, everything you've said about them is true and we need to make sure that stuff doesn't happen there with Russia invading. We don't want it falling into Russian hands or something bad happening there. So there's a lot of very dicey stuff going on. It's all, there's just so much, it's a big mess in terms of trying to- Especially when- the, the info. Especially when we we see like the prime minister of Ukraine begging for the no-fly zone, yeah, and and some people like say, yeah, we need to help them, and the other ones say, do you do you realize the consequences of doing that? Mm -hmm. Like, are you ready if they use nuclear uh, war, uh, like nuclear weapon? What do you promise us that you have like a pl B plan? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. nobody have B plan. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I don't trust any of these people in our government right now who are talking about this. It's just, yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone wants World War III. We certainly don't want nuclear war. We prefer to all stay alive and uh, live peacefully and not have all this craziness stuff going on. It's tough. I mean, you know, there, there are so many comments I'd make about it, but I'm also not the most informed on the topic. And that's why we don't talk about it so much here at Rebel News. I've seen a lot of people saying, come on, guys, why don't you talk about this more? We're just like, guys, we're not experts on geopolitics. We're not experts on Russia. We're not experts on Ukraine. So like we, we, we will give you our two cents here and there, but uh, we don't we don't mean to like report on it as if we're experts in terms of the geopolitics of Russia and Ukraine and everything that's going on. Plus, that's the thing. It's like half the time I see these headlines coming out of there. And then I've seen so much where it's like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, fake propaganda coming from either Russia or Ukraine. This is, you know, wartime. I think I forget where it comes from, the saying that the first casualty of war is truth or something along those lines in terms of if there's a war going on, there's going to be propaganda coming out both sides nonstop. And so half the time I see a headline, I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Or a story on the, on the internet in terms of, oh, this happened, you know, with this side, you see this crazy thing Ukraine did or Russia did. I'm like, okay, if that's true, cool, or I guess, or oh no, that's awful, I guess, if that's true. But I really don't know if that is true. And I'm having to sort of guess every piece of news I hear coming out of there until everything yeah. is verified. It's just kind of crazy. But the, the only sad part is like all the innocent that will that actually die for a yeah. decision and everything that is out of their hand is all political and they sh they don't deserve what i what is happening right now mm -hmm. exactly that is the one thing i can absolutely say is you know i i don't stand with any of these governments really i stand with the people who are having you know either the people who are being invaded and having their you know their homes destroyed and all of that or the people of russia who are you know their government is doing this and they don't want any part of it it's the people who are being harmed in this the mass casualties all of the death and the horrible parts of war so you have these governments fighting it out you know putin seeking to invade 
Zelensky has his own agendas. I'm, you know, I, I don't know what to think of him because on the surface, he seems like, oh yeah, he's this great war hero saying all these great things. But then also mm, there's some sketchy stuff about him when you start looking into Zelensky. I don't trust any of these politicians or any of these governments, but my heart absolutely goes out to every single person who's suffering through this because war is mm -hmm. hell and there is, you know, all the heartbreaking stuff that you do see coming out of there that is eventually verified because like I was saying, there's so much fake stuff coming out, but all of the death and the casualties, it's just, it's horrible to see people on the ground sending in their stuff yeah. and seeing reporters now from the, the, from the States. There are those, uh, someone from Fox News. I think there are two people from Fox News who were killed uh, and another American who was killed while out there. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's crazy to see that sort of stuff happening. You know, it's hitting a home for people in the States, but I mean... Crazy, crazy to see all the people in Russia and Ukraine who have been suffering through this. So that's the one thing exactly. I can absolutely say is it's just heartbreaking. It's never, no one ever wins in war. That's the bottom exactly. line. Exactly. I mean, except for those who profit from it and who never have to actually fight. I'll say that. They win in war. Those are the real winners. Those who can and after that. Yeah. You, you finish with like a country that is completely destroyed for what? Mm -hmm. At the end, what you will have in your pocket? No. It's only like the people on the head that will have something, but the people on the bottom. Exactly. Nothing. You get the, the whole military industrial complex. War's great. It's profitable. You can make some money and you send people off to die or you have people who are suffering because the war is happening in their backyard. So, you know what? I think bottom line, war bad. Let's not do war. But war is here. So uh, it's tough. It's tough. What can you do? I Don't go so. to the backyard. Go <laughs> yeah. by the front. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess so. Oh man. All right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna move on here. Looking at our headline because there are a couple. I think I know. You know, one final headline on our uh, little list here before we go into some chats. A reminder to people: if you want to send some chats, I'm seeing a few popping up on my phone there. Oh, Remember yeah. to send in your chats. We'll go over those in a minute. There's one other uh, thing on our list here of headlines to cover. Uh, an Ontario high school teacher, I saw this person on actually uh, their original tweet, who's under investigation for opposing critical race theory. And that's kind of, uh, that's interesting to me. It's kind of crazy, especially when we're seeing Ontario. I did a video on this before about them passing Bill 67, which is essentially institutionalizing critical race theory in all of our schools. But yeah, that headline there. So this Ontario school teacher who's under investigation for opposing critical race theory, she essentially was like, I saw the tweet of her being under investigation essentially for, I think she was just teaching her students uh, that guys, racism is bad and don't discriminate. And, uh, you know, I just want to scroll down a little bit on that, uh, that article there. Yeah. For Marks. Yeah. So she said, this is what teachers in Ontario being investigated for nowadays. Uh, we're going to load up the tweet right there. And yeah, so the things that she was saying, um, Let's see here. Can we zoom in on that? I, I want to read this out. Let's see, uh, kids aren't in school to be indoctrinated with critical race theory. So she was being critical of critical race theory. Schools should be nonpartisan, focus on modeling kindness to everyone and speak out against any form of discrimination. You see, this includes discrimination brought on by anti-racist movements, i.e. all white people are racist, etc. In some places, example, Britain, it is now illegal to teach CRT without offering a balanced opposing view and... She posted a YouTube video entitled "Teachers Presenting White Privilege as Facts uh, Are as Fact Are Breaking the Law," warns Minister, in which a British Member of Parliament named Kemi Badenoch states, among other things, that critical race theory is an ideology that sees my blackness as victimhood and their whiteness as oppression. I want to be absolutely clear: this government stands unequivocally against critical race theory. We do not want to see teachers teaching their white pupils about white privilege and inherited racial guilt. And let me be clear, any school which teaches these elements of critical race theory are, uh, no, critical race theory as fact or which promotes partisan political views, and it goes on. I mean, I would agree with that sort of thing. Teaching white people that they are inherently privileged and that they should have inherited guilt. Teaching black people they are inherently oppressed and inherently victims. I mean, that is what critical race theory teaches. I think that teacher is 100% correct. And it's kind of absurd the point we've gotten to where when you speak out against racism and saying including racism being taught as a part of critical race theory uh, will get you investigated as a teacher in Ontario. I mean, that's sort of where we're at because critical race theory is considered the doctrine of the day. 
But I man, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on that of his teacher being under investigation for speaking against critical race theory to his students, speaking critically of critical race theory? So my my only point of view in this is like mm. at school, yeah, you can be teach some something, but at home, you get teach something else by mm. your parents. It depends on what is your environment, where did you grow up, mm -hmm. what is the mentality of the people where you grew up with. If at school everything is white and with flower, mm -hmm. and like we're not, not talking about the real thing, you're coming back home and you just say like, why you have like such a big gap? And, and that make the, the, the children the, don't understand the, the life. We need to teach the history as it was mm -hmm. to mention that it should not happen again and everybody is equal and everybody mm -hmm. is like the same human being. But a fact is a fact. History is the history. Mm -hmm. Yes, white had privilege in the past and, 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 and black people was slave. Mm -hmm. And and I know because I've been to uh, Africa and I saw this jail and I saw this story about like the slavery and it was a fact. We mm -hmm. cannot ignore that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just like something that we need to teach like children, uh, whatever like people are against or whatever. But it's something that you need to know. It's the history. What we will just like wipe up like everything that happened in the past and just say, oh, you know what? Uh, everybody is equal and everything, but no, in this, in this story, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it is not really far away. Yeah. Uh, it's a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I mean, because the, the teacher here speaking out, I, I like where she says that like schools should be nonpartisan and they should be, if they were to, if they're teaching critical race theory, they should not be presenting that as objective fact, because that's sort of part of the day. And the critical race theory itself, as in they teach you that they, they, opposed they, they see the idea that treating everyone equally is actually racist and that you need to favor people of color and treat white people worse essentially is what they're saying teach them that they have inherent guilt and oh. that they should feel guilty that's what critical race theory is in this um, i didn't know yeah. <laughs> i just yeah. learned something yeah exactly so like um, that's 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 sort of the thing so the teacher is speaking out against critical race theory in terms of she's saying that this new curriculum that we're bringing in here is teaching students that it's all about that racial equality is bad and they need to fight for racial equity, which means they have to like uplift people of color and push down people who are white because inherently there are these advantages and disadvantages that we need to take oh action to. Yeah, that's essentially what it was. So this teacher who was speaking out against this, who are they're teaching critical race theory, which, yeah, like I was saying, teaches you that if you're born black right now, you are inherently oppressed and you won't be able to make it somewhere in life as well as someone who's white because you will be disadvantaged. I mean, that's what they're teaching in these schools right now. And so this teacher was speaking out against that and saying, no, racial equality, guys, is what we should teach. We should teach that no matter the color of your skin, you are equal, you have the same chances, the same opportunities, yeah. and we should just treat each other the same no matter what race you are. That's kind of what we fought for all throughout the civil mm -hmm. rights movement, right? So she's speaking out against this sort of woke ideology, and now she's under investigation for that, for sharing these videos. And so... But in the same time, it's when you you actually point color of skin or whatever, mm -hmm. um, I think you make a nemphas faces on mm -hmm. what it is. I think uh, we should just not... It's kind of really like catchy, mm -hmm. especially like I would not want to be a teacher for that. Yeah, I think I prefer to be what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it just because it's just because uh, you don't know how will be the reaction of the children. Mm -hmm. Whatever yeah. you say, it will be capped differently because we are not the same person and we mm -hmm. think differently and we will see that the, everything differently too. So whatever you will say, it will be probably understanding differently. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and that's why I just think it's so, it's also so important to teach a wide range of views to kids, right? And like not teach them a single ideology as if it's objective fact, right? To like, mm -hmm. you know, give them a yeah. lot more context and teach them, you know, 
all sides sort of thing. Tell them the other side of the story, as we might say. Story, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. And it's just, it's concerning because teachers like this, like if they share something like that, like she's under investigation for speaking out against teaching a certain, you know, sort of woke leftist ideology there. It's essentially what it is. And so, I mean, that's just something concerning. I, I and that's an Ontario high school teacher. You know, because in Ontario, I I interviewed Belinda Carahelios, who's an MPP in Ontario, the other week to talk about this new bill in Ontario that's being put forward. That's essentially making critical race theory the the objective fact they're teaching in schools, which is this. I would say it's an inherently racist doctrine they're teaching mm -hmm. these kids and teaching oh. them. Yeah, that, you know, because you, you're, you are, because your skin is this certain color, you are more or less than someone else. And it like would find people for subconscious racism or for speaking out against the bill and stuff like that. So that's something I concerned about. You can see that video and sign a petition at stopcrt.ca. Tell you to go check that out. Oh. <laughs> petition launch. But you see, she's under investigation, okay? Mm -hmm. But I've... I don't know if you remember in December, uh, the show in uh, the French show at home, the teacher was with two uh, <clears throat> two children that was from the school mm -hmm. and they have been teach that unvax have less privilege and we need to punish them and oh, we yeah. need to remove their rights and everything. She's not on the, under investigation for doing that. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, yeah, that's... And that, you know, like you're saying, that was that was sort of the new discrimination of our times was the segregating of the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, the not giving anyone the benefit of the doubt based off of their own medical history or anything like that. There is no such thing as medical privacy now um, or medical individuality. Right. It's like saying mm -hmm. everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what your medical situation is, you need to take this vaccine. And if you do not take this vaccine, you are a terrible, evil person and we need to put you down, we need to coerce you, we need to take away all of your rights until you give in and take this shot. Yeah. But that that's our right to teach. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's encouraged. That's about... good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that is your, your news of the day. We got less than 10 minutes here left on our hour, so I think it's time for some chats, you know? Yeah. What do you say we take a look at what the people are saying? So... Go ahead. Oh, I'm reading this first chat here. Oh. I'm also going to recover the earbud that just dropped out of my ear so I can actually hear you, Alexa. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm back at it. So we have one from Mikisa. Uh, end tyrants' plans by avoiding the use of mobile phones. Gold-fashioned make in-person events that all include that all including unjabbed and unmasked can attend regularly and post ads for them on street polls. You know what? I'm always always for uh, going, doing some old-fashioned stuff, dropping the technology. That's the thing about our day. It's like it's impossible to escape, you know, being tracked if you didn't want to be tracked. You know, we talk about the worries yeah. about the QR codes and that sort of thing. But it's like this thing I'm carrying in my pocket here. It's got a microphone. It's got a bunch of cameras. It's got a GPS in it. It's trackable by so many means. If someone wants to find me and I've got this on me, by all means. And, you know, stuff on our cars and our computers and everything. It's like... We are in a full digital age now where, uh, and even if you didn't carry your phone, everyone else around you has phones and there are cameras everywhere on every street and there are satellites everywhere. It's like this sort of thing where even if you really wanted to get out of the way, it's tough. It's tough to escape the, the digital world in which we're living. It's kind of a reality. But in the same time that like I'm for coming back to the old fashioned, mm -hmm. but in the same time that brings so much people together yeah. and it's why we were able to to tell the other side of the story because we were, we had like news coming from everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that w was not come from a mainstream. Imagine no, um, no tool for knowing like what is going on in the world or only the mainstream. That would yeah. be horrible. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, it, it is all of these amazing new technologies that have allowed us to have alternative platforms and that sort of thing, to have that sort of innovation and to get your information elsewhere. I mean, and now, yeah, exactly. Being, I guess our being there and talking, exactly, going in person. <laughs> but yes, I am all for putting aside the technology, going old-fashioned. Be nice to escape to a cabin in the woods and hold some covert meetings. Be fun. I'm yeah. all for it. <laughs> uh, all right, same person here, which I always forget. Mikisa Mc Mc Three Canada C A. You know, however you say. It. Maybe send us a note sometime how you want us to pronounce that username. Uh, One dollar again. 
does anyone know how to modify TVs so that Trudeau doesn't focus people's attention on Ukraine versus Russia? I bet in mandated digital ID and microchips are being invented behind the scenes for all. I'm not sure what mm, you mean I don't know. by modify TVs so that Trudeau doesn't focus. I don't know about that. I mean, the thing is... Probably um, so some people are able to break through and have like... I don't know. I, I never did that. <laughs> yeah. Some people I know that do it, but... Yeah, I see what you're uh, saying. Not personally, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, focusing people's attention on Ukraine versus Russia. Yeah, I mean, everyone's tuned in the TV. They're all tuned into the news, all distracted. And that's the thing. It's like you can divert people's attention to wherever you want. Like you were, we were saying earlier, you can point mm -hmm. them to hate whoever you want and all oh, I'll hate this person now, go, and everyone will just go do it. Or, oh, everyone, look over here, put all your attention there, and they'll just do it. It's it's pretty incredible, the powers of mass media and the way we can control people that way in terms of think this, do this, put your focus in this, in this place, and then what's going on in the background, you know? Like what, what sort of Dang legislation idea. are we pushing through at home where we're all focused on the war or, you know, the, the issues that were the biggest on the news cycle one week, they just instantly disappear. The next week, it's all about something else. Those issues still exist though. So... Something to keep in mind, folks. Something to remember. And like you're saying, digital ID, we were talking all about that. About the push in Quebec and digital ID, it's here, guys. It's it's we're living in this digital world. So what next? You know? Yeah. I, I that scared me more than everything else that uh we passed through since the last two years. Yeah. Um, because afterwards what everybody would know like where 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 when who, who which person i see mm -hmm. uh what what did i buy yeah. uh which uh fine or death i have yeah. um no it's not okay yeah well yeah exactly and it's like we have a whole host of privacy laws for a reason, right? And I mean, and they told us what, especially like, oh, you download this COVID app and don't worry, everything is going to be totally private or get your QR code. Don't worry, we're protecting your privacy and all your private information. But then we had all of these massive data leaks and people hacking in, getting people's private information and all that. It's like, no, really nothing is private now. And even when your government promises you privacy, of course, they're going to violate it. And then when they promise to protect your privacy from that of others, they show that they're incompetent and they're not able to do that anyway. So kind of no matter oh, you what. Know the, the, you know the example yeah. that what um, Eric Kerr uh, gave for mm. like the, uh, the uh, numeric like uh, identity? Yeah. He said, uh, oh, but if children go and buy some beer, it would just can. Mm. Uh, and uh, the person in the, the cashier will know his age, his birth of date and uh, his ah. name. I was like, that's not a good a good like yeah. uh, it, it, it's like it, the cashier doesn't need to know my birthday mm. they doesn't know to know like how old I am my name at, at, at least not even where I'm living yeah exactly and it's like if you want to go and you know go to the liquor store and buy some beer or something right it's like you choose to go and show your id to them but if you're like if you're at the gas station you decide to buy a pack of cigarettes you choose to show your id to go and buy the pack of cigarettes but if you don't want to you don't have to show your id and buy the pack of cigarettes you can go there and buy a bottle of water and not show any sort of id and keep that information private yeah. because they don't need to know that information for you to buy a bottle of water so that's that's the thing there is soon yeah. everyone can know everything because the information's out there. Yeah. So uh like you're saying, oh yeah, we got uh, another chat here from Sisser2, two dollars. Why ban Russian okay. media? What about Russia's side of the story? Is Ukraine involved with the WEF Schwab Freeland communism? Were there biolabs in Ukraine? And is Hunter Biden involved in these biolabs? Well. That's a lot packed in there. Why yeah, ban I was like, you have a lot of questions there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, why ban Russian media? I, the way I feel about this is it's a great way politically to sort of virtue signal in terms of like, yep, we stand with Ukraine, we're against Russia, we're going to ban all yeah. Russian media, you know, because we're just so virtuous. We're going to do our part. You know, we're not actually going to join the war, but we're going to help the information where we're going to ban Russia because Russia is the aggressors. So it's time to just ban all of their media. So that's one thing. It's just a good way to virtue signal. But number two, 
I think it's a great test run to start the censorship. I mean, if you can begin censoring Russian media because that's something that will win you political points, why not go ahead and ban all Russian media? Because you know what's next if after Russian media you're banning, I don't know, Rebel News or anyone else. Who you it's what like I was online. thinking. <laughs> it's like you know, so I think it's a great first step for them in terms of their censorship to just be like, look, we're we're banning Russian media. We're doing such a good thing, and well. Oh, well, we already banned all Russian media. Why not ban the other media we don't like? And if they can find some yeah. excuse to do it, they will. And then, you know, Russia's side of the story, it's true. I mean, if Ukraine's propaganda can get out there, why not Russia's? Like, it seems, yes, clear, Russia's the aggressor. Yes, yeah. Russia's the bad guy. And by Russia, I mean Putin and the Putin government, I suppose. But um, what about, you know, Russia's side? It's true. Why not you know, let people actually hear that side if they want to, even if they go in eyes open knowing, yes, Russian propaganda exists out there. That's what it is. I think all people should be able to access that. And as far as is Ukraine's involvement with World Economic Forum, Schwab, Freeland Communism, honestly, I'm sure there is. I, I, I can't, you know, I don't know details myself, but I imagine all, all of these leaders, I mean, we know Zelensky is involved with the World Economic Forum, like every other world leader. It's just what the world leaders do. They're involved with that. But mm -hmm. And then biolabs, we know that's real. Is Hunter Biden involved in the biolabs? I don't think anyone can know that. I don't, I'm not sure we could say. I don't think anyone, anyone does know that. But uh, yeah. Anything yeah. else to add, Alexa? Uh, yeah, actually say everything. Yeah. I, I think, I think I hit those notes there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. A couple more chats here. Uh, can you see the chats, Alexa? Yeah, I can the see on the Yeah, how about you read yeah. this next one? It's not it lovely that spring has sprung, uh, warmer days are coming. Enjoy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, well, we're diving into all the dark, deep stuff going on in the news cycle. Guys, at the very least, spring has sprung. Warm weather is here, as we were talking about earlier. Go out, enjoy some sunshine, considering you are somewhere that has nice weather. If your weather sucks right now, my condolences. But if your weather is getting nicer, get out there, enjoy it. Spring's here. It's a Friday. It's a beautiful day. Don't let the bad news of the world get you down. You know what? Uh, There's no point oh, doom scrolling and looking at poor headlines and thinking, oh man, the world's coming to an end. Uh, you sometimes take a breath, disconnect, enjoy where you are in the immediate moment and enjoy some nice weather. You know, grab some people you love, but, have a good Friday, you know? <laughs> I, I was with, uh, you know, Guillaume, like yeah. my, my colleague and we were talking this morning and we were like, oh, it's so nice outside. Like it's... It, it's really warm, and they say, oh, I'm just, and he answered to me, I'm just waiting for like the next uh, snowstorm. I say, don't, <laughs> don't give me like bad news. And I yeah. watch the maybe meteo, and we have a snowstorm that's coming. Oh, man. Yeah, this is how it goes here. The next snowstorm will come. But before the next snowstorm hits, enjoy the sunshine. That's my proverb for you Thank today, you. people. <laughs> enjoy the sun before there's more snow. That's uh, exactly keep that in mind. Nugget of wisdom. <laughs> Um, and then one final chat here from Kushi1124 gives us $5 and says, I think the other comment was speaking to using VPNs where you can get yeah. content from other countries because location features are disabled. Great coverage, folks, as always. Well, I appreciate that. And actually, that's enlightening. I think that is something like manipulate TVs. What do you mean by that? Or modify TVs. But that makes sense. VPNs. VPN. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could. I but you need to pay for that, though. Yeah. You need yeah, to I mean, pay. VPNs, Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I do like to make use of VPNs. Uh, they're they're great for privacy and for if yeah if you do want to access country specific content. I'm not sure if a VPN would allow you to access Russian stuff. Like I imagine it very well might. I don't know, but that is a good question. It's something to look into if you're really hard bent on accessing Russian stuff that's been banned by Canadian government. I mean. I, I can't imagine it's too hard to still access it if you really wanted to go check out what's being said on, you know, say they end up banning RT's website or something and you want to go look there. I'm sure a VPN could help. So, yeah, thanks but for the I, comment there. I thought, um, I thought that for the internet, they didn't ban yet. They yeah, exactly. They only really TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think they have actually banned any internet stuff. It's really more virtue signaling because I, I don't even think yeah. RT was being broadcast like Russia Today. Like, were they even really broadcasting on Canadian channels? I don't know if they were. but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But yes. yeah, so if they do end up actually doing internet bans and you really wanted to access Russian media online, I'm sure you could just use a VPN. But hey, VPNs yeah. are, are solid stuff. Actually, I think it's uh, 
who was it? I think it was Atlas VPN, I think, was uh, one of our sponsors with Andrew Says. You know, go go check out one of Andrew's shows. He had a VPN sponsor. There's a code there. Not remembering off the top of my head. Oh. I, think, I think it's Atlas VPN. Go check that out. Andrew Says. Andrew Says TV. Give our man Andrew a shout out. But I think, unless we have any more chats there, we're at the top of the hour. I think that's it. Well, thanks so much, everyone, wow. for joining. Alexa, that is an hour gone by talking about the news of the day. Some gloomy stuff there today, but... I think I would leave us off on the note as we were just talking about don't get sucked too much into the bad news or the the doom scrolling or worrying about uh, all the the terrible evil stuff going on in the world because it is we live in a very fallen evil miserable world in many aspects but also mm -hmm. there's a lot of goodness out there there are a lot of great people there are a lot of good oh, things yeah. stay optimistic enjoy the sunshine enjoy your Friday people and we will catch you next time on the Rebel News Daily live stream. We do air every single weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at noon Eastern time. So make sure to tune in next time. I believe that'll be on Monday with Sheila Gunn-Reed and Adam Sose, our two primary Alberta mm. reporters. So that's a good one. You know, get your uh, Western yeah. coverage out there. And I think they talk about more than just Alberta. But our 12 Alberta reporters on Monday at noon. And until then... Get out there and enjoy some sunshine, folks. We'll catch you next time. Good chat with you, Alexa. Hey. <laughs> See you next time. Were there any uh, large donors that would have uh, stuck out that would have raised red flags uh, in terms of perhaps trying to influence the outcome of this uh, protest? We did not discover that, no. Uh, Mr. Chair, as we reviewed uh, the donations, uh, we did not identify um you know significant donations or patterns that were there um i believe uh um miss wolfer might know the the largest donation that we took uh, on the campaign from a non-canadian source okay um actually the th thank you juan and thank you for the question uh, mr chair what i would say is actually the largest donation in this campaign was from a canadian and it was in the amount of thirty thousand dollars i don't have the income that's the largest donation that was the largest donation yes Okay, so we're not talking about million-dollar donations that float in that try to influence events in Canada. No, that's correct. Okay.